Hello, all you beautiful people out there. I'm half of your hosting duo, Jordan. And I'm Brad, the other half of your hosting duo. And thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of Beers with Queers, the podcast where we cover everything from discussions of curious topics to interviews to everything else over the LGBTQ rainbow. So sit back, relax, grab a beer, and let's be queer. So, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into this episode with our first topic of discussion, which is a very interesting one because I myself didn't know anything about it until about three months ago. Do you know what a pickle park is? Actually, I do know what a pickle park is, and it's quite interesting on how I found out what a pickle park is. So I am an avid runner. I like to trail run. I like to mountain bike. I'm a very outdoorsy person, and uh, there's a park that I've frequented for years now, and I mentioned it to one of my friends, And he said, did you know that's a pickle park? And I was like, what is a pickle park? And he said, that's a place where gay men go to hook up. Well, gay men, most of them are married with kids, but you know, they need a little side action. Well, that's true. That's one of the things that we've actually talked about. Uh, But it is definitely a spot where mostly homosexual men tend to gather and look for hookups there. And it was very interesting because I have to say, I have been to this park for numerous years now, and I never actually realized it myself. I mean, it's a big family spot. You see a lot of people there riding bikes, walking the trails. And until I really knew to look, I just didn't ever realize. So I was shocked. And so I was pretty shocked myself after learning about this because I've been running at that park too before. And, you know, looking back on it now, there's been times where I've been running and I was like, oh, why are these weird dudes just sitting in their cars in the parking lot with their windows rolled down? They're just staring a hole through me. And I'm like, they either want to murder me or just kick my butt or do something with me. And so, but then afterwards talking with our friend, he was like, oh no, yeah, they were probably just, you know, cruising, scoping you out, seeing if you were interested in having sex there. And I was like, what? I don't. So I'm a very naive person. The more this podcast goes on, you will see I'm very naive. So I saw these men that were there sitting in their cars and I honestly never thought anything about it. I just thought, wow, there's a lot of guys that sit around in their cars here at the park. I mean, I think that too, I was like, oh, maybe they just finished the run or something, except well, there was another time after I finished a run, there's like a little outhouse by one of these parks I go to. And so like, I noticed a guy staring at me as I came off the trail and I was like, well, I got to go real quick. And so I went into the porta potty and it was like two seconds. I came out and then around the corner, here comes this dude like charging towards the porta potty. And then he sees that I'm out of it. And and he just stops, turns, and gets back in his car. And I was like, well, that was pretty weird. That would be a little bit weird. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I don't know how I'd feel about some random men joining me in the year and all. But, you know, hey, to each their own. So once I had learned about this, it just, it very much intrigued me. Like, I actually think it's 
cool. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm fascinated by the whole concept of it. I'm very fascinated. I am beyond non-judgmental on this. We do not judge on this podcast. We do not judge on this podcast. Everything has its place. And the big thing was, I just thought, well, one thing is I thought I would be so scared because it's so alien to me, this idea. And another thing is, you know, I've always heard of like people getting caught in bathrooms and everything, but I always thought that was kind of like in the past. I really didn't realize that this was still predominant today. And honestly, I think I agree with that because, I mean, I know the stories like, you know, the olden days before the invention of the internet. I mean, that's the only way gay people had to kind of meet each other. But, you know, I, I figured, you know, since like Grinder, Scruff, Growler, all those apps and everything, I was like, eh, I figured those days were kind of behind us. Or, I mean, I, I'm sure it was still happening, but I was like, I did not know there was like this whole subculture of men that do this like every single day. And so it was just a wild concept to me, but I'm fascinated by it. And I mean, kudos to them. Yeah. And so I asked my friend about it and, you know, it's kind of a running joke between me and him. I give him a hard time about it, but actually he knows that I'm just joking and I'm actually, uh, I'm very supportive of it, but I do have a lot of questions. And so I thought, you know, this would actually be kind of an interesting uh, podcast topic. I asked my friend if he would do an interview with us and he flat out refused. In fact, he was very taken aback about it. He's very open with me about it, but to him, this is a very personal thing. And there's also a lot of rules to this. There's, it's kind of like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. You don't talk about Pickle Park. And so he was actually really afraid that if he went on a podcast and talked about this, then people might hear it, realize who he was, and he would kind of be ostracized from this Pickle Park or you know, guys would be more leery of him because they would think that he was giving out secrets. So we kind of punted on that. And luckily we were able to find someone else that was willing to talk about the pickle parks. But again, he did not actually want his voice. So we had planned on doing this as an interview, but we did the interview privately And we tried to keep it as anonymous as possible. Like, we're not going to mention any kind of park names. We're not going to mention any specific individuals or anything that should give away a whole lot of information on this. Uh, One of the things is we want to keep it private and safe for the people that that does this. You know, there's no way that we want to give out any kind of information that someone could use to cause ill will to anyone that goes to these parks and everything. So the way we're going to actually do this interview is I'm going to read the questions that we read to the person that we interviewed and we talked to them back and forth. But Jordan here is just going to read the answers that he gave for each of the questions. So are you ready to do this, Jordan? Ready as I ever be. Okay, so how did you even hear about pickle parks? Well, you know, I've been around long enough before the invention of the internet, so it was just something that guys you'd meet would tell you about or mention that they'd go to sometimes, and it just seemed right up my alley. Do you have any regulars from the park? 
Yes and no. There's a lot of guys that you will see there often, and I've hooked up with a few of them a couple of times. But for the most part, I tend to not go with the same guy twice. For me, I would honestly be a little terrified to approach strange men in a wooded area at night, let alone have any one of them approach me. How does that even come up? And I mean, the big question is, how do you know that they're there for gay sex? I mean, that's pretty easy. It's just the little things you pick up on or that they'll do to let you know that that's what they're there for. Like, you know, they're just sitting in their car with the window rolled down or they might take a small piece of trash and get out of their cars to go throw it away in the trash can. Just kind of so everyone can see them and what they look like. So, I mean, of course, a lot more of it's just even more obvious than that. I mean, if you're walking on the trail and you run into a guy in a suit and tie just hanging around in the evening, you know damn well he ain't there to hike. Uh, So that might, or you might just ask them, you know, what the time is, if they have a lighter or a cigarette, and it just, you know, kind of goes from there. What do you do if you see a guy out in public that you've hooked up with before from the park? I just ignore them. So I try not to even look their direction. I normally always tell a new hookup that if I do see them out in public, we do not know each other and that I will ignore them. Uh, That is just what most of the guys prefer there anyway. So, I mean, that's why a lot of them are at the park in the first place. Do you take them back to your place or do you do it right there in the park? I usually just take them back to my place because, you know, most of them can't go home because, you know, they have families there. Or if they are really attractive, I might do it right there in the park, but that's not an often thing. Do you think the cops know about these parks? (laughs) Oh, definitely. I mean, you'll have cops come in there and patrol the area sometimes or even sit parked in the parking lot. The thing is, it isn't illegal just to sit in your car or even just to meet someone there and leave with them. So unless, you know, you're just doing something overtly sexual in the park right there, there's honestly not much they can do. And I mean, over the years, honestly, some of the cops have even cruised the park themselves while they were off duty. So, oh, yeah, they know what's going on. Are you afraid of undercover cops? Uh, Yes. And no, I have never encountered one in the over 30 years that I've been doing this at the parks, but I feel like you would kind of get a vibe. I mean, right off the bat, all of this is built off of gut feelings and experiences. And if I don't feel right in my gut about something, then you just know there's not to take a chance. Have you ever had any scary or dangerous experiences? Mm, not many, honestly. I mean, the closest I can think of is one time a guy tried to get me to go down into his basement. And another time a guy asked me if he could tie me up. But other than that, I've never really been like scared per se. Like I said earlier, it's kind of a vibe you get off of people. And so if someone just has a bad vibe or I'm just not feeling right around them, then I just, I won't go. Have you ever fallen for someone you've met from the park? I mean, there's been people that I've enjoyed having sex with, but honestly, I know almost all of them are not interested in a relationship and are only there to have sex since most of them are married with women and kids. So I learned a long time ago to never get attached or care too much. So do you always practice safe sex and how often do you get tested for STDs or HIV? I usually practice safe sex some of the times, but being honest, not all of the time. And I've honestly never actually had an STD test before, but I've never had any of the symptoms of one. So I've never felt the need. And I've also never had an official HIV test, but I get blood work done every year for a physical. And I figured if something was wrong, then it would pop up. 
So why do you think you and these men prefer the parks over just being on gay apps like Grindr and Scruff? Well, you know, most of these men can't have those apps on their phone. Most of them have wives and kids who get access to them. So just not having them just eliminates the potential of being caught. Uh, But also I think, and this applies to me too, those apps honestly just get tiring after a while. I mean, it's the same exact people on there every single time you open it up. And I mean the same people after years of using it. But, you know, at the park, it's usually always people you have never seen before every time you go. Uh, Also, like, just because you know exactly what you're getting at the park, you know, people catfish you all day long on any of those apps. But at the park, you get to see what a person looks like before you ever even interact with them. Do you ever feel guilty about sleeping with married men? Honestly, no, I don't. Because if they weren't sleeping with me, then they'd just be sleeping with someone else. And to tell you the truth, I honestly feel like I'm doing them a service because I know I take care of myself and that I'm clean and healthy. Do you think you'll ever want a conventional relationship after doing this for so long? I like the idea of a relationship, but I don't think I would be comfortable in one. I do enjoy just going to the park and finding a new hot guy to spend a few hours with, but I don't think I'm ready to give that up. And so this is my last question. Do you know how many guys you have slept with over the years from the parks? Hundreds. Honestly, that's the only answer I can tell you. Hundreds. Uh, Normally, if I see a man someplace and he seemed even remotely familiar, there's a good chance I've hooked up with him at the park. So that was how the interview went. And so I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Jordan. What surprised you from the interview? Honestly, probably just this unspoken language that a lot of them have, like getting out of your car to throw a small piece of trash away. And it's kind of like almost like you're presenting the goods to everyone being like, yeah, you see what you like. If you see some speak up, come over. And just the fact that there's all these different men just sitting in their cars with the windows rolled down and they all know what they're there for, but it's kind of just like they're shopping around, like looking for each other. And it's just this unspoken code that all of them know how to follow, even if they've never been there before. And it just fascinates me that it's almost like, this primal instinct they know what to do it's almost like a foreign language in a way once you get the language down you're more likely to be able to interact with the people there and that's honestly like with our friend i mean like he seems like a pro not just i'm we're not slut shaming i just mean like this whole unspoken language like you know he can read a guy like that and just be like I know what he's here for, what he wants, if he's okay. And it's just so weird to me that anyone would even have the balls to do that out in public with strangers. Yeah, a lot of it seems really chancy with me. Just like you would eventually run by somebody that's like... That's not what I'm here for. And yeah, especially because a lot of this is at like, you know, in the evenings after these men get off work. And so I just cannot picture myself personally, you know, approaching some strange man in the woods, in the dark and like 
propositioning to see if you want sex with me. I just, I can't even think of myself doing that just because I have such horrible anxiety. Yeah. So when you say you can't think of yourself doing that, is is that because you would feel afraid to do it or? That'd be me being afraid. I've listened and seen enough true crime shows to know you're never supposed to approach a stranger in the dark in the woods, let alone to, you know, like ask him like, hey man, you want to go back and, you know, fool around a bit? But again, that's not me shaming anyone. That's just me. I'm too nervous, way too much of a chicken to even think about doing that. Yeah, my brain, the first thing it says is like, if you ever done this, the first person you talk to would be an undercover cop. <laughs> that too. I'd be like, if I did work up the courage to ever do this, it'd either be an undercover cop who'd arrest me or it would be a serial killer. <laughs> Or just a guy that's there at the park. Yeah, that's that too. You know, I, mean, I not, think that would be just as almost as terrifying to me as uh, an undercover cop. Honestly, I think that'd be worse for me just because I'd be so embarrassed. Like, oh, God. I think one of the things that really surprised me was probably not getting tested as much or at all. It just kind of surprised me because, you know, everything seems so well thought out and smart and everything. And that just, it seems dangerous to me. It does seem dangerous, especially if you're having unsafe sex a lot of the times. And again, going back to me, I'm my anxiety is so bad, I would feel like I'd have to get tested after every single one. But it's just what hundreds. And, you know, most of these guys their body counts are up there too. And so it's just crazy to me that you kind of just brush it off as, eh. Yeah, it does seem, because a lot of these people are going home to a family after this. Mm -hmm. And they have wives that they probably sleep with afterwards and everything. But it did really kind of surprise me because I, I think I would just feel like it was partially my duty to keep myself safe and not only that, to keep others safe. So that surprised me. Exactly. And we're all about safe sex here. Yeah. Sex is great. Sex is amazing. Sex and food are the best things in the world. So don't choke and don't get an STD or worse. I mean, some things it's okay to choke on, but that's true. Um, But yeah, other than that, I mean, especially the people that do do the stuff there right in the park. Now that to me is very dangerous. I mean, if there is just happened to be a cop there or someone sees it and they report it, I mean, that would scare me because now you're talking about like public indecency and it is a park where kids do go often. And so that would just terrify me to even think about doing something actually at the park. That does surprise me as well, because a lot of these men are closeted men with families. A lot of these people are family men that come in after work and they're looking for things that they can't get from their wives. But it also seems like the risk, if you get caught, you're probably going to go to jail and it is definitely going to be out there more than if you just used an app and met somebody. You know, it's almost like your worst nightmare comes true. Everyone would know that you're gay. And not only that, that, you know, they'd find out you're gay because you were caught doing having sex in a public park, which honestly, I feel like would be worse for people because they're like, oh, he's a 
pervert. Even though they're not a pervert. No. But, you know, the general world out there is just looking for any excuse to be like, you know, oh, that just goes to show you. And that's the other thing. So I know these parks exist for heterosexual couples, for straight married men looking for women, for women looking for men, for couples looking for a third. So this isn't just a homosexual thing. But it definitely gets highlighted, I think, in the homosexual world because homosexual activities are always under a magnifying glass. Oh, 100%. You know, it is Pride Month and there's still controversies now being discussed everywhere about having like people in harnesses at gay pride and all this stuff. I feel like gatekeeping for the gay community in terms of sex stuff is a lot higher than it is for anybody else. But going rounding back to the just doing stuff sexual in the park, I think it is fascinating to me that most of these guys, that is their biggest fear. They're terrified of people catching them, you know, in a homosexual act. But that primal urge to want to be with a man outweighs that fear enough that they're willing to risk it at the park. And so that's honestly one of the things I think is the most fascinating for me is just the fact that they're willing to take that risk if it means they're able to be with another man. That's true. In fact, you kind of done a little bit of research into pickle parks, like where the term come from and kind of where they originated from. I did. And so uh, the curiosity got the better of me. And, you know, we talked with our friend, but I was like, well, I want to do a little history lesson with this and let's take it back a few decades. And so let's start off right, right off the bat. Fun fact for you, they are actually called pickle parks because in the 70s, the gay men who often frequented the rest stops in search of straight men were called pickle suckers or pickle park rangers. And uh, before that, they were actually called lollipop park. I kind of like the term lollipop park. I do too. It sounds like something off of like Candyland. <laughs> and I'm huge on candy. Let's put on our thinking caps and take a little history lesson. Let's start all the way back in the late 19th century when the very first gay bathhouses started to appear. And I think everyone knows pretty much what a bathhouse is, but if you don't, a bathhouse is basically usually a membership-only place that has saunas, workout equipment, pools, steam rooms. So it's kind of like a gym, uh, except there's not usually a lot of workout equipment there. Normally, back in the olden days, it was actually a front usually for gay men to have a safe space to meet up and have sex there. And so these became hugely popular going into the 1900s. And actually, according to an article I found on Queerty, the first raid by police on a gay bathhouse occurred on February 21st, 1903, when 26 men were arrested and 12 were brought to trial on sodomy charges. So you have to realize that being gay back then wasn't just a social stigma. It was hugely illegal. Um, and you could, you wouldn't just get you know, outed to the community, you'd go to jail for a long time, even if you were, weren't doing it out in public, if you were just doing it in the comfort of your own home. 
even with all these police raids that started to happen more and more through the 50s and the 60s, gay bathhouses just skyrocketed in popularity. By the time the 80s rolled around, the AIDS pandemic was in full swing. They got less and less popular, and then eventually they were just outright banned completely to try and stop the spread of the virus. Honestly, there's like a few like big bathhouses that are still around today, but they've never been as popular as they used to be. Uh, Other than that, since then, you know, bars became more and more accepted in places. Um, And then in the 90s, God gave us one of his greatest gifts with the invention of the AOL chat rooms. Are you familiar with the AOL chat rooms? I am not familiar with the AOL chat rooms. I I never was a chat room person. Oh, even I was. I mean, it was still a little before my time. I was more around the Facebook era of things. But, oh, I've heard all kinds of great stories about AOL. But it basically revolutionized the gay experience all over the world. You didn't have to even leave the comfort of your own home to find thousands of guys just like you and so it really revolutionized the hookup scene too you know gay gay guys didn't have to go to bathhouses or bars they could just go to someone's house that they met online and so that just made it a lot easier for people and then of course the invention of the apps made it even more easy because now you don't have to go through like look I don't want to know how your day is or this. Let's just cut out the chit chat. We all know what we're here for. (laughs) And so it just seems to get easier and easier and easier for men looking for hookups to, you know, have these hookups. But it's still just pickle park scene hasn't seemed to slow down at all in the hundred years that, you know, it's been kind of known to the public. I'm sure it's around a lot longer than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at any history book, like you remember in school, they'd be like, he never married or had kids, but he lived with his male best friend for 30 years and they were the bestest of friends. And I was like, mm-hmm, I, I bet they were good friends. One of the things that I thought was probably the pickle parks were more for like an older crowd. You know, that was like been around before the Internet talking to my friend. That isn't the case. You know, like the age gap is all over the place. There's actually some really young guys that come to the park and everything. So it's not just uh, like an age gap thing. You know, that that was one of the misconceptions that I had about all of this. And I think that's fascinating. I think. It's not just, you know, closeted straight men or anyone going there. I think it's also just the people that have the kink of outdoor sex or the thrill of like, you know, almost being caught. We're doing something we shouldn't type of thing, which probably attracts a lot of the younger crowds. But then again, maybe they're just in the same boat. They don't want their family to find out about it. That's true. Thinking back on it, I did some more research and on forums, love my forums, but there's this whole secret code that these dudes just seem to know. Um, Some of the more obvious ones, like, you know, if you're at the gym and you're in the locker room and some guy's flashing his boner (laughs) through his underwear, that's pretty obvious. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I still, you still wouldn't just go up to him and be like, Hey man, I think if a boner is being flashed, you could, Hey man, him. 
like I said, I'm too nervous for that. I just figure, oh, you know, it happens. You just get a boner. But it's uh, boners. They tap their foot like twice. They'll lick their lips. And then another really interesting thing I found was eye contact. So apparently, and, you know, the gay secret code world, if you're walking past some strange guy and he makes eye contact with you for like less than five seconds, like, you know, just a glance. He's just, you know, he's just, Hey, you know, being polite. If it's about five to 10 seconds, then it's like, okay, he was kind of checking you out. Like you were checking him out. And then if it's 15 seconds, apparently he's gay, he's interested and, you know, he's ready to get down and fool around. So I'm still like, this is crazy to me. That still seems very chancy to me. In fact, I mean, I'm really bad to pick up on flirting to begin with. So outright flirting. Yeah. Outright flirting. Like someone has literally got to say, Hey, I find you attractive enough that I may want to go on a date with you. And I would still be like, what? And so that's happened before with like people. And they're like, hey, we should hang out and all this. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's hang out. And then, you know, after like three or four times hanging out, I'm like, you know, this is awesome. I'm glad I made a new friend. And they're like, so are we ever going to do it or anything? I'm like, what? Yeah. So maybe... We're just not cool enough to do something like this. Well, I think I'm pretty cool, but I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, I thinking back, I honestly can't think of any particular stories that, like, I'm like, that guy, I think, might have been cruising me. But what about you? I, I don't know. So I did one time. There is a gym uh, that I've been to before. It's a chain gym, and you can go to different locations and everything. And there is one location that I joke is like, uh, it's basically the meat market. Like, I have literally seen a woman on a treadmill in high heels shoes. So there is a lot of people there that is kind of cruising. I mean, if you if you don't, you got to get ready. You got to stay ready. That's true. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's people like dressed to the nuns to work out. There's makeup and everything. And it just it has a weird gym vibe. And I remember I had to go there one evening because I was going uh, uh, to a rave later that that night and I was like I can grab a shower here after my workout and so I go and I jump in the shower and I'm just in there taking a shower and all of a sudden the shower curtain opens up and there's a guy and he's like hey is there room for another and like I'm just looked at him was like no because I was so shocked I was like I, I don't know what to do and so he just shut the thing and worked his way down the line and I'm like man that is ballsy but I think I think it's like one of those things where it may be a regular happening there so it's not so out of the ordinary for someone to try it I was about to say I mean I feel like that's about as obvious as you can get in terms of cruising so I mean I mean was he good looking yeah I mean he was but like I'm also like I didn't know what to do. I'm very shocked. That's what those showers were made for. We all know what that is. A shower is made for a shower. Unless unless there's two consenting adults in it. And then you can do some other thing. Or more consenting adults. Whoever's consenting can come in. That's fair. Consent's always the top priority. But I was just very surprised by it. So 
I'd done my usual thing where I was just shocked and said, I don't know what's going on. Some people are just that ballsy. They just like, you know, and I applaud that. I wish I had a little bit more of, you know, like I am the shy top that, uh, you basically have to pry anything out of me in terms of that kind of thing. I'm a pretty confident guy in most other aspects, but I fell miserably at the romance. And that's, I mean, like you, like you said, I applaud those men. You know, what is life without chances? I wish I took more chances. But at the same time, I'm pretty confident too. I mean, I'm comfortable in my own skin. But at the same time, when people do flirt, I'm like, oh, why? Well, you know, I ain't a prize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's just going back to the whole cruising out in public thing. I just, it's just fascinating to me that like these guys, guys find each other because you know i have friends that have stories like that and they're like oh you know i met this guy and all this i'm like where'd you meet him at grinder the bar he goes no the supermarket we were checking out together and i was like how does that conversation even come up because i've talked to people you know in line at the grocery store and stuff too and it's always just a you know brief chit chat i don't i've never been able to figure out how the conversation goes from hey hey how's the weather to so we can meet here or we can just go back to your place if you want i wish i knew i wish i did too maybe it just requires more research like this honestly maybe it does and if i can find anything else about it i will get back and let all of you know so that we all can have more gumption when it comes to cruising out in public so that's one thing we want to see is people being confident in who they are that's true i hope that you enjoyed our first episode like i said to me I'm very fascinated by this topic. I'm very non-judgmental on this. In a lot of ways, I think it's actually really cool. Please, hopefully you didn't take it the wrong way when we were talking about things today. And uh, do you have any closing words on this, Jordan? Honestly, like you said, this is in no way, shape, or form meant to out people or shame people. Like he said, I think it's fascinating and cool that people have the confidence to do this. I wish I had that kind of confidence. And honest, it's just a fascinating subject to me that, you know, everyone knows about, but I don't think a lot of people talk about. And so I'm glad, you know, we got to have this discussion today and do the research. Any final words from you? Yeah, if you liked our podcast, be sure to let us know that you liked our podcast. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, we sure would like to hear them. And be sure to give us the highest rating that you feel that we deserve, which is probably a five star. We're getting there. Just give us a chance. Exactly. It's always five stars. We'll always be improving. And especially because let's make one thing clear. You are all perfectly queer. And we love you for it. That's true. We love everyone. So I guess until next week, like you said, please give us a good rating because, you know, you guys are cool like that. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.